Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Morning Line. Line up, ladies! All right, here we go. Welcome in to Monday, fun day, November the 25th, 2019. Thanks for making us a part of your day here. Welcome to The Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. It is the morning line as we take a look at everything that happened uh, over the last 24 hours in the world of sports. And it was one hell of a weekend, that is for sure, in the sports uh, world. Not only college football, the NBA, college basketball, and of course, NFL Sunday football, which delivered here as we are getting a little bit closer to the end of not only the year, but the end of the NFL regular season, getting ready for the playoffs and every, well, pretty much every game matters at this point, whether you're at the very top or whether you're at the middle and fighting for mediocrity. And of course, mediocrity makes the playoffs in the NFL these days. And Lord knows we've got enough mediocrity in the NFL to go around. And I also think we got, uh, I don't know, some teams that might just very well be a bit overrated in the NFL. And that certainly reared its head yesterday. And we'll start, of course, last night. How about Sunday night football? This was going to be a battle of the two very best NFL teams in the NFC, right? You've got yourself. Well, the man, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it doesn't get any better, right? One of the best quarterbacks ever, Aaron Rodgers, taking on the upstart, San Francisco 49ers. In San Francisco, these uh, number one, number two team in the NFC, Green Bay Packers holding on to that uh, NFC North uh, lead there, number one. And, of course, in the West, it's all San Francisco all the time. And it's so funny. We've heard two different Storylines with these two teams, Uh, San Francisco, very banged up. Are they any good? They haven't played anybody. Uh, That defense might be a little overrated. And yet, every time Aaron Rodgers steps on the field, we keep hearing about, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. So they're, you know, they're going to be good. Well, um, they weren't very good last night. And it's amazing. Talk about overrated. Maybe, just maybe. We might have to look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in a different light after they just got trounced, and I mean trounced last night, by the San Francisco 49ers. That defense also got outcoached. Shanahan taking on, uh, you know, first-year head coach Matt LaFleur there, and while things have been going swimmingly, yeah, they didn't go all that swimmingly last night. The Packers went 0 for 13 on third-down conversions. 0 for 13 on third down conversions. That's while, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers was in the game. 
because, yes, Aaron Rodgers got pulled in the fourth quarter. He threw for just 104 yards, that Aaron Rodgers he did. Yes, that's the lowest total of his career in a game where he threw at least 25 or more passes. It was from the opening kickoff till the very last whistle when that clock ran out. It was an ass-whooping of epic proportions last night in San Francisco. And listen, the 49ers have been as dominant as any team in the NFL this year. Uh, But I got to tell you, if you have not been a believer of the 49ers yet, you need to be a believer now. George Kittle was back. There was some concern. Emmanuel Sanders, would he have his weapons? Well, it does make a difference what he's got back there. Jimmy G outperformed Aaron Rodgers, and it wasn't even close. Big, big night for George Kittle coming back there. Six passes for 129 yards, including one of the nicest, one of the most beautiful drawn-up plays you will ever see uh, from an offense executed perfectly by Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle. 61-yard touchdown in the third quarter. Just dominant. There was only one thing to say is pure dominance. 37-8 to was the final in that game last night. If you're just waking up and didn't get a chance to uh, see the entire game last night, you didn't miss much. 23 nothing in halftime on their way to just a ridiculous 37-8 to running over of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you went into halftime, guys, and he had, what, 43 yards passing Aaron Rodgers? That is how dominant they were. It didn't start off well either. Here are some of the highlights from last night, and it was all San Francisco. Here's the running back. We give it to the former Atlanta Falcon, and he will back his way in. Touchdown. Second and five. Garoppolo fires over the middle. Caught. Samuel, the rookie, is inside the 10 to the end zone. Touchdown, 49ers. Apparently not tonight. Second down and goal. A little toss here to Devontae Adams, and he will take it into the end zone. Going left, eyes downfield, great protection, wide open. George Kittle inside the 10, touchdown San Francisco. And through the middle, Mostert into the end zone. Raheem Mostert for the touchdown. Yeah, if that seemed like to be a whole lot of 49er uh, highlights there, that's because that's all there was, was 49er highlights and a whole lot of absolute letdown for the Green Bay Packers there. That offensive line got completely overwhelmed by the defensive front of the 49ers. I'm telling you, if you have not been a believer of the 49ers to this point in the season, you better start believing because not only do they do it on defense, but that offense, they're better coached. They're better play calling, there's better execution, and it don't make a damn bit of difference who's catching the ball or who's running the ball there. They've got a stable of running backs and some wide receivers and guys on that team that, yep, it's uh, the 49ers are for real. And I think a lot of people last night took notice, finally, of the San Francisco 49ers, and uh, Kyle Shanahan's got them rolling, guys. And that defensive coordinator of the 49ers, Yeah, he's going to have a job, guys, in the NFL as a head coach sooner rather than later. Those guys just absolutely balling. And it's not an easy thing to do to shut down Devontae Adams, you know, to shut down all of the weapons that Aaron Rodgers has, which were all healthy. And to shut down that running game, uh, Aaron Jones, nowhere to be found. And when uh, even Aaron Rodgers uh, throughout the years, guys, has been able to Find some way to get it done. He didn't get it done last night. The single worst game of his professional career happened last night, and it was the 49ers defense that did it. All right. Other dominating performances over the weekend. We'll touch base on a few of them. We'll do that coming up here on the morning line. Sportsgrid.com. Happy Monday. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Yes, little Bon Jovi here and get the morning going on a Monday. Welcome into the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. It's the morning line as we uh, take it around the horn here over the weekend, get you caught up with what happened, especially in the NFL yesterday, which uh, which was an exciting day. A lot of, uh, we know what the trends were in the NFL so far this year. It was road dogs, right? That's what we kept hearing about. Dogs, road dogs, any sort of combination of those two things have been extremely profitable this year, hitting at a ridiculous clip. And yesterday, we certainly had our fair share of road dogs that many people thought not only could cover, but heck, could win outright. And one of those happened to be in New England at Foxborough. And this team called uh, America's team, in fact, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots. And what made this game 
so interesting was the weather reports that we had heard all throughout the day, Sunday morning, that it was going to be ugly. And uh, listen, New England's used to wet weather, snow, sleet, hail. Listen, it's par for the course in New England. We all know it this time of year. But it was the wind. The wind is always the thing in the NFL that will affect scores and affect lines and how you cover and who covers and who you should bet on, and especially when it comes to totals. And the wind was going to be the biggest concern there last night because uh, that swirling wind at Foxborough coming in from the uh, coming in from the west, guys, was just absolutely brutal. So you had to wonder, all right, if they're not going to air it out here and the kicking games are going to be a little suspect, then, you know, the running games are definitely going to have to kick into high gear. And who's got a better running game than the Dallas Cowboys? And yet that line opened up. Six and a half points during the week, guys. That line, by the time kickoff came, was down to five, five and a half in a lot of places, a lot of books on the East and the West Coast. So how did it all go? About as ugly as humanly possible, about as ugly as you thought it was. Now, Tom Brady threw a touchdown pass. The Patriots' defense, Well, they lived up to the hype, guys. I know they didn't have the greatest of schedules this year. A bit easy, some would say, and they would absolutely be correct, but make no mistake about it. That defense of the New England Patriots, much like what we saw last night from the San Francisco 49ers against Green Bay, they're for real. And anybody who doesn't think so, uh, I don't know what you're watching, but the That is the kind of defense that we witnessed in these two games that win championships. And that will mask an awful lot of deficiency on offense when you can play defense like that. And that top-ranked defense, they held the Dallas Cowboys, which was the top-ranked offense heading into that game yesterday. Throwing the ball all over the place, Dak Prescott. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott running that offensive line, Amari Cooper. We have heard the stories. We've read the stats. And yet they went without a touchdown yesterday. New England beats Dallas 13 to nine. Yes, the weather was terrible. Terrible for both teams. Now, while I give credit to the Dallas defense, who certainly held their own there yesterday in what is a very suspect offense, for the New England Patriots. Hell, Tom Brady at points was throwing balls to guys. I don't know that even the announcers had any idea who these dudes were. Uh, it was it was a rough, rough game as far as offense goes. And But as usual, the New England Patriots, they make plays when they need to make plays. And the Dallas Cowboys, they throw up on themselves. When at the biggest moments of the biggest games, they continue under Jason Garrett to just not be able to deliver it. Nikhil Harry, the rookie wide receiver, was the one that actually grabbed the 10-yard touchdown catch for Tom Brady. And that proved to be just enough. It was the only TD to game. 18th straight victory at home for the New England Patriots. Keep that in mind. 18 straight for the New England Patriots. Did they cover? Absolutely not. They did not cover. And 13 to nine, last I checked, that's only four points. So Dallas covered, but Dallas did not get the win. And for those of you that uh, were hoping Dallas would be that uh, that back end of that money line parlay of yours, yeah, no. And whether the Pats needed it or not, they did get a couple of suspect flags thrown by the refs again in this game. And I'm sure you will hear that all throughout the day about these tripping calls, not one, but two tripping calls against the offensive linemen, including the center of the Dallas Cowboys late in the game when they were driving, hopefully to go ahead and put the uh, go ahead touchdown on. But it just wasn't going to be. They could have won. the. They could have. There was uh, Dallas turned. I guess there was an official that had seen. I think it was Fredericks, the center there, had seen uh, the Cowboys uh, on first and 10 on that final drive that they had trying to go ahead and and win this game. It could have possibly cost the Cowboys the victory. Could have, because they still would have needed to execute. Uh, But instead, it turned a uh, fourth and 11 into just no man's land. And unfortunately, they weren't able to convert there. But 
I, listen, both announcers couldn't believe it. Uh, people were scratching their heads on social media. How do you call not one but two tripping calls within the same game is almost unheard of. But uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, the people are getting extremely frustrated with the officials. But make no mistake, the officials did not cost the Cowboys this game. Um, their special teams did big time. Coaching did big time. And you cannot be considered an elite team. You cannot be considered an elite offense when you can't go on the road in moments like that and get the job done. Now, what happens? Dallas falls to six and five. The good news for them is they remain on top of the NFC East. Why? Because the Philadelphia Eagles were a mash unit yesterday at home. And what could have been and should have been a absolute blowout by the Seattle Seahawks, who coming off a bye week, traveling to Philadelphia, missed multiple opportunities. Russell Wilson was not great. He was just good enough to be able to get the job done. It was ugly all game long. And given the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles were without everybody in the game, pretty much their top running back, their top two wide receivers, offensive linemen, they were about as banged up as it comes. But they did fight and fight they did. Unfortunately, the Seattle Seahawks proved to be too much. They took down the Philadelphia Eagles, which means the Cowboys at six and five, they still remain atop the NFC East. And the Patriots, well, they're 10 and one. What a shocker there. And even more importantly, Jerry after the game was not happy. Jerry Jones after the game uh, was beside himself saying things like, quote, with this team, I shouldn't be this frustrated. Uh, basically throwing Jason Garrett, Kellen Moore, and the rest of the coaching staff under the bus saying that special teams, it's all about coaching. Yes, there were some play calling, uh, especially at the end of the game with, with about four minutes left, five minutes left in the game. Uh, Dallas uh, inside the red zone there. Uh, keep in mind, hadn't scored a touchdown yet. Uh, opted uh, instead of going for it on fourth and short to kick a field goal when they were ultimately going to need a touchdown anyway. Kicked the field goal in hopes of being able to get the ball back. Tom Brady then proceeded to take the ball like Tom Brady has done in his 20-year career and go, I'm not going to give it back to you. Or though when I do, it's pretty much going to be with almost no time left on the clock so you can't score anyway and beat us, which is pretty much how that game ended. So congratulations to the Patriots. They get the job done. Jason Garrett, Kellen Moore, the offense there, just penalty killing and uh, the option to go to kick the field goal when you needed a touchdown. They're going to be second guessing that all day long. And uh, you know what? They bring it on themselves. And you know what, Jerry? You got nobody to blame but yourself because you've allowed it to go on for as long as it has. So what else does it mean now for some of the other contenders and pretenders in the NFL? Teams like, oh, I don't know, the Browns. Are the Browns ready to make a run here? We'll tell you how they did against the Dolphins. We'll do that coming up here. It's on the grid. Happy Monday. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? 
You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top it Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So I invite you to find us on YouTube, Sports Grid Network. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and, of course, all the fantasy and sports wagering information and advice you need all the time, one place, also on Instagram, at Sports Grid TV. And maybe it's time tonight, Monday Night Football. We've got a good one. Maybe it'll be time for you to put your money where your mouth is, open yourself up. A sports wagering account with FanDuel. It's Jersey's largest sports book. If you head to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You'll receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's a free bet up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You've got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, whether it be college or pro sports. You guys are in control if you head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Open that new account. Claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure you check out the website for details. And want to welcome you in here to the morning line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri, and it was a uh, hell of a Sunday in the NFL. And uh, if you're just waking up, it culminated, of course, last night with an unbelievable rout of Aaron Rodgers uh, by the San Francisco 49ers, easily covering as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite last night. Also stayed way under the total, <laughs> uh, simply because, well, I mean, the 49ers did everything they could to actually uh, blow the total up there. But total was 48. And 38-7, to seven, of course, only adds to 45 because eight points is all the Green Bay Packers could muster at that particular time. So, yes, 48 uh, it hits the under, and the 49ers easily cover. And I can tell you this, too, from the looks of it, it sounds like that the books 
were extremely happy that the 49ers were able to cover this last night in this game, as many people had big bucks riding on the on the Green Bay Packers being able to at least cover, if not win outright. There are a, uh, reports of a couple of monster parlays, one for 100000 another to profit 600000 another one, 100000 to profit 260000 a couple of three-team parlays that encompass the Seahawks, what would have been the Ravens tonight, and the Packers last night. And pretty much the second one was identical, except it didn't include the Packers, but it didn't make a, a darn bit of difference because if the Packers had covered as a three-point favorite versus San Francisco, uh, there would be about a million dollars worth of payouts that some books would be looking at here today when the Baltimore Ravens traveled to L.A. to take on the Rams. So there was definitely some... Money exchanging hands yesterday. The books absolutely sweating uh, sweating that game out last night because the public, man, they love themselves. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers as a road dog. They've been profitable all year long. We know this, but it wasn't to be. But some of the bigger bets yesterday that, uh, that have been reported, you had uh, $55,000 to win, $50,000 on the Cowboys. That was a win. You had uh, $50,000 to win $50,000. That was the Packers last night getting three. That did not win. You do have a couple of uh, $50,000 bets tonight riding on the Ravens, laying three at the Rams. But, uh, of course, those $100,000 parlays with the Packers right smack in the middle of it really doesn't uh, – boy, that would it would have been a rough night for some of these books here tonight seeing what was what would have happened if, uh, if they actually did cover because they'd have been rooting big time against the Baltimore Ravens tonight. But all in all, the favorites yesterday, 9-3 and three straight up. Yep, the chalk uh, won out uh, yesterday at least straight up on the money lines, 9-3. and three. Underdogs. Again, seven, four, and one against the number. You had three upsets. And boy, oh boy, did we not tell you this? The New York Jets, who just dismantled the Oakland Raiders. You had the Tampa Bay Bucks, who dismantled the Atlanta Falcons. So much for that feel-good story. And you had the Washington Redskins take down the Detroit Lions. Eight and four, one on the week. Against the number, you did have a, um, well, <laughs> depending on the number you had, the Pittsburgh Steelers, for some, was a push. For others, not so much at that six and a half, uh, that six and a half, which was around most of the week. And many of the books uh, teetered back and forth between six and six and a half. But if you had the six, it's a push. If you had the six and a half and you had Cincinnati, congratulations. The Bengals certainly covered there in that just uh, very strange game, 16 to 10 there. Home team, six, five and one against the number on the day. Uh, home road, six, six and one against the number for the week. Unders yesterday, eight and four on the day, nine and four for the week. So it was, again, for the most part, you did have yourselves. Some underdog parties there when it came to covering 7-4-1, but the outright wins by the Jets, the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks, and Washington. Now, if you followed along to the markets yesterday, it was really, really interesting as to what was happening. You had at just before kickoff, and I would encourage everybody here to at some point this week, do yourself a favor because it is a short week. We do have three. Thanksgiving Day games, and it is Thanksgiving this week. We've got three Thanksgiving Day games. You have just about an hour to a half hour prior to kickoff. Watch what happens to some of the bigger handled games. You'll be amazed to see on what happens on some of these numbers. You saw a big push late for the Washington Redskins uh, to, uh, to actually win this game against Detroit. There was a Big push of money coming in late. And the reason that is, is because the limits are never bigger than what they are 
just before kickoff. So what you will see is that a number of the of the pros, the big betters, the guys with the big money, the guys that put fifty thousand dollars down, bet a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it may be. Um, those pros generally will jump all in very last minute when they love something. And they loved the Washington Redskins yesterday because that line moved significantly right before kickoff. You also had uh, the same kind of love for the Tampa Bay Bucks happening there. While the public loved Atlanta, the feel-good story, the pros underneath were hammering the Tampa Bay Bucks, expecting them to be able to get the job done in Atlanta. And we told you all week long, the public support for the Oakland Raiders was nauseating last week, all week long. In fact, so much money came in from the public on the Oakland Raiders that they were forced at some points to even move this. It was at three and a half. It was it made it down to three. Then it was three and a half yesterday before kickoff unbelievable support for the Oakland Raiders yesterday. And that proved to be yet not good. That proved to be not good. Also, you proved to have a little bit of support coming in for the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins were traveling to Cleveland, getting 11 points. And the statistic had come up that the Cleveland Browns, they have only been double date, uh, double digit favorites like twice over the last 400 years. It feels like, would they be able to get it done? against the Ryan Fitzmagic and company who have done nothing but cover week after week after week. Well, it was a long day for the Miami Dolphins, but it was a redemption game for one Jarvis Landry. Mayfield fires Jarvis Landry into the end zone. That's going to be a Browns touchdown. Yeah, that was a couple of times there. And finally, we started to see a Browns team that offensively anyway, looks like what we thought they were going to be this year. They took care of business, uh, made it real, real simple. They uh, they got out to a 28-3 lead there heading into halftime, and then they just kind of coasted there. Fitzmagic did put a little scare into everybody there, was able to uh, get a few more points back up on the board. But for the most part, guys, it was it was Cleveland all day, every day, 41-24. to uh, Mayfield had three touchdowns. That's now a third win in a row for the Cleveland Browns, who find themselves five and six. Uh, They are still in the hunt, certainly for a wild card spot here, guys. And their schedule is one of the easiest moving forward. So it's not over yet, despite all the drama surrounding the Cleveland Browns. Even in the parking lot, very creative uh, yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw this in Cleveland. But in, they had a uh, pinata in the uh, parking lot of the Browns game. Now, keep in mind, yesterday was a trap spot due to the fact that Cleveland, this week, Pittsburgh. Yep, Pittsburgh. So, the interesting uh, brawl that was started by uh, Mason Rudolph there, Miles Garrett, the whole nine suspensions. We know this. Uh, of course, it was Cleveland's 21-7 win over the Steelers uh, a week or so ago that has sparked a lot of outrage and the suspension of their best player. Well, it's funny because the parking lot was filled with a pinata that normally, well, it was a pinata of Mason Rudolph. Now, usually with the pinatas, you swing a stick or a bat or something along those lines in order to break it open so all the festivities can be enjoyed, all the goodies inside, only... Creatively enough, in the parking lot, the Cleveland Browns fans were hitting the Mason Rudolph pinata with a Cleveland Browns helmet. So this was, or a Pittsburgh Steelers helmet, rather. So pretty, uh, pretty convenient, pretty, uh, pretty creative there by the fans in the parking lot. And of course, they were able to snap pictures and grab video, which you can see all across social media here. And they pretty much ran over the Miami Dolphins. And now it's. On to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh will, from what we understand, they should be able to get at least some health back. They didn't have any, uh, they had no Juju Smith-Schuster there in that game yesterday that they were barely able to get by the Cincinnati Bengals. But a win is a win. And that's all that matters. Will they get some reinforcements back? We'll give you the latest on the Steelers, including a possible quarterback change. Coming up here, the morning line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so week 12 comes to a close tonight in the NFL. Baltimore Ravens taking on the L.A. Rams. Monday night football, Ravens 8-2. and two. The Rams are 6-4. and four. And, uh, of course, no time, uh, no, you know, got no time to sleep here because come Thursday, we've got three more NFL games to kick off uh, week 13. And we've got some good games, too. Could have been better games, depending on the uh, outcomes from yesterday. But. We still got plenty going on here on a Monday night, including 41 college basketball games, 11 NBA games, nine NHL games to go along with that Monday night football game. And we will get to uh, a lot of that coming up here over the next couple of hours on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. Want to welcome you in on this Monday. 
as we continue to take an overview of what happened yesterday. And like we told you, one thing stuck out more than anything else in yesterday's action, and that was weather. And this is a uh, this is a good time to do a gambling you here to remind folks that once we start getting into this time of year from a handicapping perspective, while weather has, eh, for the most part, up until this point, been pretty satisfactory across the board, from this point on, weather in cities like Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh, New York, uh, you know, the Northeast Green Bay, weather is going to start playing much more of a factor than what many of you have been used to thus far. And if you, and we've always suggested that you guys pay attention to weather, but not weather from the standpoint of, oh, it's going to be raining or it's going to be cold. While those things, although important, not nearly as important as wind. And if nothing else, part of your part of your handicapping process should be to find a couple of weather apps or weather, uh, some sort of weather websites that you can go to. And there are a number of them, not just for your own city, but where you can check on the wind speed, because that's truly what affects the outcomes of games, certainly what affects totals of games. And yesterday, case in point, what you are looking for is double-digit wind speeds, because double-digit wind speeds tell you an awful lot about what the total is going to be. For instance, yesterday, games that featured at least 10-mile-per-hour winds or more, they went 7-1 and one to the under. And it tends to make sense, right? We have said this, rain doesn't affect football games. Slop doesn't affect football games. Snow doesn't affect football games. These guys are all used to it. The fields, the grounds crew, they're all used to it. What they're not used to and what teams are not used to, of course, is at least double-digit wins. And not just any double-digit wins where if you're heading in one direction on the field, it's great. If you're heading on the other, it's not so great. Stadiums where the wind is swirling, Okay, stadiums like MetLife, stadiums like uh, Cleveland, for instance, uh, where the wind comes in uh, sideways instead of just uh, the normal uh, directions, uh, you know, north and south on the field. The swirling winds are absolutely brutal. Buffalo comes to mind yesterday where the sun may be shining, but they're not scoring and they're not scoring. They're not kicking field goals. All of a sudden, instead of trying a 45 yard field goal, They're opting to go for it on fourth down or punting. So when you add it all up, and trust me, we have since 2003, the unders in games with at least 10 mile per hour wins or more, 461 and 362, guys. So the under has hit just a little bit over 56% since 2003. It went 7-1 and to the under yesterday. So for the first 10, 11 weeks of the season, uh, the weather has been pretty cooperative outside of a slop game, I think, once in, uh, in Washington. But other than that, the thing you need to keep an eye on, you had the Redskins-Lions yesterday, right? Sun was shining. Wind was howling. The under was 39 in that game. That was a, that was a cover. The Bears-Giants, same situation. Soldier Field, sun was shining. Wind was ridiculous. The under hit 41. Jets Raiders under 45, although the Jets did everything in their power to try and uh, uh, cover that on their own. Uh, That too, under. Bills Broncos under 37. Eagles Seahawks also 45 and a half. That was an under. Patriots Cowboys 44 and a half. Heck, we told you that all game long. You you had the triple uh, you had the triple header going with that last night. You had the uh, you had the winds, you had the rain, you had the sleet, you had the cold, you had everything going on in that game. Those guys looked miserable on the sidelines there. Forty four and a half. That also hit under the Bengals Steelers, even at thirty seven and a half. Sunshine and still couldn't get it done. The only team to get it done was because they were playing the Dolphins with the Browns. That total was 45 and a half. That did hit over, mostly because the Browns scored 41 of those points on themselves. So just keep that in mind as you guys are getting ready 
to embark on the second half, the final couple of weeks here of the regular season in the NFL. When you are handicapping these games, make sure you get yourself an app. Make sure you get yourself something that's going to be able to monitor what the wind report is going to be for these games because it could make all the difference in the world on whether or not you take an over or you take an under in the game. But we got one more game to get it going here. Now, we might be able to add that tonight, although I don't think wind is going to necessarily be a problem here tonight. But we are looking at what is going to be a pretty interesting matchup here tonight between the Baltimore Ravens taking on the L.A. Rams. And it's a pretty important game from the standpoint of, well, listen, the Red Hot Ravens, they got to keep winning games here because Pittsburgh's not going anywhere. Cleveland has somehow righted the ship there with three straight wins, and their schedule only gets easier. It only gets harder for the Ravens from here on out. So they need to keep winning. And as far as the Rams go, listen, the Rams, they're watching the 49ers, right? They're watching Seattle uh, just continue to win games. And yet here they are mired in mediocrity, not being able to move the ball, not resembling anything that even looks close to what was a Super Bowl team last year. So the pressure is on the Rams to be able to get it done. So tonight, the Ravens were coming in. They're three-point favorites. The total, 46-and-a-half in this game here. And as far as the public and sharp side, who are the publics on, who are the pros on, uh, Baltimore is one of the most popular public picks this week. And it it has been all week. And I don't necessarily know that they're going to be wrong here tonight, but I do know that the public has been hammering the uh, the Ravens all week long. You do have, of course, pretty good defense, too, there on the other side, led by Aaron Donald. And more importantly, they are the number two defense against the run which of course is what the Baltimore Ravens everything sets up for the Ravens on the ground so if you can control them on the ground if you can kind of dictate their inability to run the ball well then you're going to force Lamar Jackson into passing situations and the one thing we know about Baltimore is they are a team that is much better playing from the lead as opposed to having to come from behind and the last team that I know that we watched really do that and put that to the test for the Ravens was the Cleveland Browns who forced Lamar Jackson into being a pocket passer forced him into trying to beat them with his arm. And they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to get that done. So that's going to be the job of Aaron Donald and the Rams tonight is can they, can they force and take the running game away? Can they force him to have to throw the ball and beat them in that secondary that now includes Patrick Ramsey, guys. And many people don't think the Ravens have a whole lot of weaknesses, but there is there is one weakness. Who's going to block Aaron Donald? Because Aaron Donald is a guy that can just blow up backfields and blow up running games. So they're going to have their hands full with that here tonight. And listen, it, <laughs> I'm looking at here, you got close to 80% of the tickets right now, as well as the money are coming in on the Ravens as a away favorite in this. I don't know that that's going to happen necessarily. They are getting a little healthier here, the Rams. Brandon Cooks is back. Uh, I believe Foster is also back. So they are getting some of their weapons back on offense, most notably Brandon Cooks, which kind of changes that offense and what they are able to do once he can stretch the field. You've got Jared Goff at home. No excuse. He's been a better home quarterback than away quarterback. Tonight is going to be a battle, one that is going to be an awful lot of fun to watch. We'll have more on this game coming up on Make It Rain. We'll get you uh, We'll get you all squared away there. Keep in mind, though, there is a huge, well, a huge discrepancy as far as rushing the ball, too. The Ravens are without a doubt the number one rushing team in the NFL. While it was nice of the Rams to take Todd Gurley in the bubble wrap off last week, they're going to have to tell you, if they've been waving or saving him or storing him for 
this part of the season, congratulations. You're smarter than all of us if you guys want to unleash, but you need the Todd Gurley of old in order to be able to compete in this game here tonight. And uh, as I'm looking at the weather report here, taking my own advice, the line has dropped to 46 and a half. The forecast is calling as I'm pulling it up here. Six to 10 mile per hour winds. We also should note, take a look at who the refs are that are calling this game, because unfortunately refs have way more to do with the outcomes of games than we all uh, we <laughs> we all want to admit to. But the ref here tonight has been a very under-friendly ref. In fact, in the games that he has refed, he's been the official. Uh, unders have hit nearly 55% of the time. The over is 6-4 and four in the Ravens games this season, while the Rams, 7-3 and three to the under in their games. Let us not forget the primetime aspect of it. I've been preaching this for how long now? All season long. Primetime games, Thursday night. Sunday night, Monday night, 24 and 12 to the under, guys. That is 67%. Last night, 48 was the total, under, hit. Thursday night, under, hit. So will they make it, will it be three for three in the prime time? 24 and 12, 67% on the season, guys, is not a, that's not something you want to look at and go, oh, it's going to go the other way. No, it's it's happening for a reason, especially this time of year where teams have got plenty of film on each other. They know their tendencies, especially divisional matchups on Thursday night. Last night, heck, uh, you know, you, you got two teams in the NFC. They don't face each other all that often, but when they do... Oh, boy, there was one team got exposed last night. But more importantly, betters that back unders in primetime games. You guys have been pretty profitable, that's for sure. So keep an eye on that as that number continues to go down here tonight for this game, 46 and a half, as you are looking at Ravens, Rams tonight to wrap up week 12. And then we've got to get ready for our primetime Turkey Day games, which will include... Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, the Saints. Oh, yeah, and Dallas and Buffalo. One team keeps winning games. The other team keeps throwing up all over themselves. We'll break down those games. We'll take a look at the early lines. We'll do that coming up next as we look to make it rain here on the grid. We'll be back again tomorrow. Break it all down for you. Good luck today. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, 
and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. on the morning line. Go! The 49ers have been as dominant as any team in the NFL this year. Uh, but I got to tell you, if you have not been a believer of the 49ers yet, you need to be a believer now. George Kittle was back. There was some concern. Emmanuel Sanders, would he have his weapons? Well, it does make a difference what he's got back there. Jimmy G outperformed Aaron Rodgers, and it wasn't even close. Big, big night for George Kittle coming back there. Six passes for 129 yards, including one of the nicest, one of the most beautiful drawn-up plays you will ever see uh, from an offense executed perfectly by Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle. 61-yard touchdown in the third quarter. Just dominant. There was only one thing to say is pure dominance. 37-8. to was the final in that game last night. If you're just waking up and didn't get a chance to uh, see the entire game last night, you didn't miss much. 23 nothing at halftime on their way to just a ridiculous 37-8 to running over of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you went into halftime, guys, and he had, what, 43 yards passing Aaron Rodgers? That is how dominant they were. It didn't start off well either. Absolute letdown. For the Green Bay Packers there, that offensive line got completely overwhelmed by the defensive front of the 49ers. I'm telling you, if you have not been a believer of the 49ers to this point in the season, you better start believing because not only do they do it on defense, but that offense, they're better coached, they're better play calling, there's better execution, and it don't make a damn bit of difference who's catching the ball or who's running the ball there. They've got a stable of running backs and some wide receivers and guys on that team that, yep, it's uh, the 49ers are for real. And I think a lot of people last night took notice, finally, of the San Francisco 49ers, and uh, Kyle Shanahan's got them rolling, guys. And that defensive coordinator of the 49ers, yeah, he's going to have a job, guys, in the NFL as a head coach sooner rather than later. Those guys just absolutely balling. And it's not an easy thing to do to shut down Devontae Adams, you know, to shut down all of the weapons that Aaron Rodgers has, which were all healthy. And to shut down that running game, uh, Aaron Jones, nowhere to be found. And when uh, even Aaron Rodgers uh, throughout the years, guys, has been able to find some way to get it done. He can get it done last night. The single worst game of his professional career happened last night. And it was the 49ers defense that did it. 
Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.